It's Dr. Stu's podcast at drstuespodcast.com. I'm Brian Whitman, along with my friend, Dr. Stuart Fishbein. He is Dr. Stu. How are you, sir? As usual, Brian, I am feeling great. And every time I hear our theme music, which is the music from Thor, which again is coming out in a couple weeks, yeah. Thor 2, uh, makes me gets me all pumped up, ready to go. So I'm really excited today to talk about some topics. I think that uh, now that we have the uh, government shutdown behind us and uh, the news has been focusing a lot on the rollout of Obamacare and trying to get the online uh, glitches, they call them, right. glitches uh, <laughs> out of the way. I thought that today we, we might try something different. So why don't you Okay, we'll get into that in, in just a moment. If you have a question for Dr. Stu, as always, you can email askdrstu at gmail.com. That's his email address. He answers those emails, askdrstu at gmail.com. You can subscribe to Dr. Stu's podcast on iTunes. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the feed, give him five stars, write him a nice review, and uh, or listen right here on the website where, of course, there are blogs, there are links to blogs, there are YouTube videos, a lot of resources and information right here including Fearless Pregnancy, Dr. Stu's book that he wrote a number of years ago, all there right here at drstuespodcast.com. Well, what we're going to do is, because of the story of the guy from Delaware who took seven hours to try to sign up for Obamacare, and even the president out there saying uh, just yesterday, uh, this, this has, nobody's more embarrassed than me, I can't believe this, the glitches, Nancy Pelosi talking about the glitches, the president's former spokesman, Robert Gibbs, himself on Team Obama, saying this has been excruciatingly embarrassing for Obama, the rollout of Obamacare. We thought we would take our buddy Randy Wang, who produces Dr. Stu's podcast, Hey, now. Who uh, has been in medical need. I mean, we've discussed your nose a lot. Mm -hmm. How is your rosacea? Uh, not great. Oh, God. Well, Seems to not well, really oh, get any better. I asked a fair question. That's right. How is your rosacea? Is, okay. There is no privacy on Dr. Stu's podcast. Yeah, no problem. I think How's you, your psoriasis? You know what? Thank you for asking. It's still present on the elbows, but I put some cream on today and yesterday. And, so, and, so. and, and the burning when you urinate? How's that doing? Uh, that is it. Now I'm actually burning. Uh, I'm urinating fire now. No, it's, thank you for asking. Just Fi a big old stream. Yeah, fire's coming out now. Well, that's right. It's like a Vegas act. All right. Well, you're yeah. going to show us during the break, right? Well, I would. I should probably go to the emergency room. Can I? I? Can I put it on YouTube? Absolutely. <laughs> Wait, Brian, do you have insurance? Uh, yes, I do. In fact, yes, I do. So we're going to have Randy here now. Well, during... That's because he's got a really good job. Yeah, right. During the length, I do. Uh, thank you to my employer. During Doctor Stu's podcast, what we're going to do here is. We are going to have Randy try to go to the healthcare.gov website to one of the exchanges or whatever they are. Do you know what they are? You don't know what they are. I don't know why they're called exchanges. They're just websites. I think you got your computer out yeah, there. Yeah, you don't get yeah. to exchange anything other than they take all your information and give you back nothing. Hit, hit some buttons on the keypad so we know you got your computer. All right, he is online. All right. And uh, you're going to go to healthcare.gov. That's right. You're going to answer some questions. And we're going to see if you can get hooked up with some Obamacare because uh, apparently you can apply online. It says right there you can apply by phone. My goodness, Dr. Stu, it sure looks easy from here, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. But you know what, you know what upsets me a little bit about this website is, is like, you know, if you want to order something from Amazon or from uh, uh, another uh, eBay or anything like that, you don't have to put in all your demographic information before you're allowed to browse. But on these websites, from what I understand, and again, I haven't fortunately had to go to them, but... I've been listening and reading a lot about them. You have to put in all your demographic information, all your private information, before you're even allowed to look. Why do they need to know that before you're looking? Because this is the government that loves to read your emails, look at your websites, inspect your buddy list, and your G-chats. That's exactly right. So this is just a way for them to get more of our information. That's correct. That's correct. It's the same thing as electronic medical records. It's really not about... 
caring. It's about uh, controlling. You know, since we're talking about electronic medical records, we want to get to a number of things. I, I've got a lot of uh, uh, hot button issues here for Dr. Stu. We'll get to them in about 100 seconds from right now. But I want to ask you, you've since we started some 19 podcasts ago, back in the 80s, we started this. We were veterans. You have been railing against electronic medical records since it, and we've been friends for really and truly 15 years. You've been railing about the advent of electronic medical records, and then they got here, and it's like, oh, they're here, and now they're here, and you still grumble about them. Have you ever, in your practice, had an experience where electronic medical records and the availability of said helped save a patient's life or better their health? No. Really? <laughs> no. And the reason I say it so abruptly because uh, we, I was just talking to a friend of mine last night who's an uh, oncologist, uh, not related to Jennifer Lang, by the way. But, who was a great guest. Uh, yes. Thank you, Jennifer, but for coming to Dr. He's Stu's also an podcast. oncologist, and we went to the Kings game together last night. And he told me a couple of things. First of all, um, electronic records, when we get records about a client that comes, say, from Kaiser, and say they've had prenatal care with Kaiser for three months, you'd expect maybe they have five pages, ten pages of records for three months worth of care. From, yeah, I mean, after thriving at Kaiser for all that time, they would have to have a lot of paperwork. Yeah, I like to see Randy's chart when, when we're done with this whole thing. But it's 70 illegible pages of one lab per page. It's the biggest waste of trees that you can ever imagine. And this is sort of, you know, rather than consolidating things, electronic medical records actually spreads things out. And if you were trying to look this stuff online, you'd still have to look at 70 different screens to get the same information that I can probably put on four pages. So it said simply, it makes it easier to ship ille illegible information to other physicians. There you go. By That's the way, right. Randy, real quickly, how you do on the Obamacare website? Have you signed up yet? I've gone through about nine pages. I still don't see anywhere where it says how much this costs. All right. Well, you keep looking. We'll get back to that. Now, Dr. <laughs> Stu, you had, uh, with a partner of yours, a medical partner of yours, you had something interesting happen with him. Uh, that You want to tell us about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, a couple of things I'd like to talk about. First, you know, hospitals have, well, let me back up for a second and lay some foundation here. Sure. Healthcare as we know it in the United States over the last 50 or 60 years has evolved to be a very, you know, a very intricate dance between patient and physician and the allied health professionals that work along with us. And when something changes, when a hospital changes a policy or when there's an edict that comes down from some government agency, it probably takes a year or more for those people in that dance to suddenly to alter their steps to be able to accommodate that new edict, that new policy, that new uh, protocol that the hospital instills. Obamacare is coming out with 20,000 pages of thousands and thousands of different policies and protocols. And I just want to relate, so I, you can imagine the quagmire that's coming. And I just want to relate a story or two of something where there's one policy that interferes with the ability of a doctor to take care of his patient. Okay. Um, one example is my partner, uh, in my obstetrical practice in Century City, Howard Mandel, had a patient who was a first-time mom who in the office a week before was about four centimeters dilated. She called him one evening in labor complaining that she had ruptured her membranes, that she was contracting regularly, they were very intense, and that she's feeling pressure. Mm. So she, Howard says, go over to Cedars. Howard calls Cedars-Sinai Labor and Delivery and asks them if she can directly admit her to a labor room because this woman's in active labor and it's in Howard's judgment, who's got 30 years of experience, that this is going to go quickly and it's in her best interest to get her directly to a labor room. And you trust Howard's judgment. And I trust Howard's judgment. And you know what? The hospital trusts Howard's judgment, but the problem is the hospital's not allowed to trust Howard's judgment, or at least the nurses aren't, because 
Howard's patient had to go to an area called triage first. Which is be, like an emergency room. It's like an area where they, it's like an area with six beds or something and where they assess you to determine if you're in labor enough to go into a private room. So it's an extra step in the way. And in this particular case, Howard says, you know, this is not necessarily good health care. This woman, first of all, you're going to, first of all, you're going to dirty up a bed, which she's going to be in for about six minutes was and then she, you're going to move her she, to another bed. Was she in pain? She was in active labor. Yeah. Okay. Secondly. So does that mean pain? It does, right? A little bit or it just, I don't know. I'm asking. Y- yes. It's pain, but not suffering. Okay. 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 So anyway, so she, he wants to put her right in the labor room, which is where she belongs. But he's not allowed to do that because the policy, there's a mandatory process at Cedars, which means everyone that comes in, no matter anything you tell them as a physician, your opinion doesn't count. They have to assess the patient themselves and make sure that you are correct. It's demeaning to the physician. It's unsafe to the patient. What if the patient goes there and then suddenly she's ready to deliver and now she's in the hallway and people are running down the hallway with beds and somebody's finger gets slammed in a door or the or you know the bed slams into the wall Who or, knows what or happens. she delivers on a gurney or in the bathroom because they won't let her go to a room. Why can't doctors be doctors and make the decisions and if they're wrong then the doctors can be called in and they can discuss it and maybe something else but but to to have a blanket rule where no matter what a doctor says doesn't matter anymore Mm. is ridiculous Stuart, these types of shifts these types of policy changes at hospitals that you've worked at for and around your entire career these these changes are to, to the layperson, and I am one. Randy is one. They're how new? Are these five years old? These changes are they ten years old? No, I was. Told Has this been coming for two decades? It's been going on for a long time at, at at big institutions, and I'm not. I'm only picking on Cedars because it's the one that I know. But I and it is where this happened. I have a file that's probably two inches thick of over the thirty twenty five years that I was at Cedars, of letters that I've written, and if I told Howard that if I could go back, I could probably find a letter that I wrote to Cedars 25 years ago that it complained of exactly the same thing. Right. Nothing changes, nothing for the better anyway. They don't give doctors more autonomy. They don't give patients more individuality. They give them less and less and less. I'll give you another example. The guy I went to the hockey game with last night, the, the oncologist, my friend Ron. Yeah, so you, a couple of physicians uh, at, at, at a hockey game, having a little doctor talk. We had a great time other than the Kings lost in the last 30 seconds. It was very, uh, very upsetting. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... It was it was probably not as upsetting as the stories Ron and I were talking to each Excuse other. Excuse me, for, for, before in the you car. get to those oh, stories, right, right. Check uh, in. Randy Wang here has been pounding away on that keyboard here, trying to uh, get uh, you. Are you what does that say? Page nineteen A, nineteen A. What does that mean? Nineteen A. I'm are, still filling out information, but it's not looking good. What are they asking for, buddy? What, what are they asking? They're for? asking for my grandmother's maiden name. Do you know it? No. So you leave it blank. No, I had to text my mom. She's getting back to me. She was happy with that. Brian, if you leave it blank, then they won't allow you to go on to the next page. No. But um, I already saw part of the page where it's showing me some prices finally. How's it looking, buddy? Um, Terrible. Pretty much every plan there is available is more expensive than what I'm paying now for less coverage. And Mm. costs of every basic need goes up. Mm. As in, uh, let's see, I pay 165 now for my Kaiser HMO. That's the check every month. That's what I pay right now. It's going to go up to 190 thanks to all this next year. But if I want to get one of these uh, Obamacare plans, mm. the no copay I have for a primary care visit goes up to $60. The no copay I have for an urgent care visit goes up to $100. Uh, emergency room goes up to $250. There's a $5,000 deductible before anything is covered. Okay. 
So Randy Wang, now while we're doing Dr. Stu's podcast is online at healthcare.gov trying to uh, manage all of this. You're a website guy. Let's talk about the logistics here. You are the podfather. You put up the websites and all of this. In your professional opinion, uh, sir. Yes. Are, is this Obamacare website built to handle the multitudes, the masses of people? I'm on you, the uh, Covered California website. It's not built to handle much. It looks pretty basic in its, in its implementation, except it's very confusing to read. I still don't really know how to create an account. And the first week and a half I tried to log on to this website, it didn't load. That's not very – Do you th- seriously, I'm not trying to be funny. Could a 15-year-old design that website? I think a 15-year-old did design this website. Okay. Well, let me ask another question about this website. I look at see it, it, it talks about 3D plans or 30 plans. 30, there's 30 plans for me to choose from. The bronze, plans, so the silver, the gold, and the screw you. I love that. That sounds very optimistic. The bronze, the silver, the gold, and the screw you. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yes, it is what he said. <laughs> so there's 26 screw you plans and, uh, and four other ones? I think he was joking. They're all screw you plans, apparently, because I can't afford does, any of them. Look, at, I, I'm telling you, I go to the market, and I see two, three different plans of air freshener. I don't know what to do with myself. 30 different choices. 30 uh, different choices for healthcare plans. How do you decide what's best for you? Oh, and I should also mention that I'm pretty much, you know, in that low income bracket that this uh, whole bill is supposed to help the people that can't really afford the insurance anyway. The big Obama discount, $14. Off of what? Off, off of, of the $200 insurance that I can't pay. Oh, boy. A Where's month. It? Yeah, but that's my tax money. What if you can prove your <laughs> your taxes that are going to go up because of this? See, everybody's got a, everybody's got something in the game here. But I save fourteen dollars. Well, that's my fourteen dollars. <laughs> but that's the thing; it's fourteen dollars. What if you can all of this for fourteen dollars, Obama? Right, don't shout at me. I'm not the president. What if you can prove that you voted for him? Maybe we get that down discount to twenty eight bucks. Double that discount. That's dude. still not enough. All you know, right. I thought it was supposed to be this affordable. Is, this is classical government investment. Two trillion dollars, so Randy can get a fourteen dollar discount. Yeah, it's a classic return on investment. From and the, the from national website costs six hundred fifty million dollars to make. Right. It's full riddle of errors. It's built by people that don't know how to build websites. Yeah, I do have to. Randy Wang. How much? How much would you have charged the government to build to, that website? To build that website? Because I'm looking at it. I, I, I think you would have well, done it for at least three hundred. For only three hundred million. Apparently, probably. I could have gotten six hundred fifty million for it. So why not charge the whole lot? Yeah. Costs- and by the way, you know this was an unbid contract. This was not contract that was put up for bidding i heard this. seriously i'm telling you something i don't know the president's daughters i don't make fun of them i think they're fine girls they could have done this they, i bet malia and sasha put this website together <laughs> yeah this thing is no you know what I, I would give them more credit i think somebody of their age is probably better technologically advanced yeah. than this than this canadian firm yeah it makes sense that friends. it was some bizarre backroom deal I about got... a company that decided to delay that like most government projects delay it as long as possible because the money's just going to keep coming in because it's not really anybody's money it's government money it's funding dr right. Stu, i would have got i would have made it so transparent if i were obama i would have got mark zuckerberg mr facebook to design the website to make it all clean have a big press conference get everybody all jerked up right, and, how much, and how much did he spend when he was a uh, a student at Harvard trying to put this thing together. Uh, not like, nearly not as much. much. Right. Not much at all. Not even a like million some, dollars. Some pizzas and right. stuff. Facebook and, can get you laid. This Obamacare, this is Affordable Care Act, this ain't going to get anybody laid. Oh, but Facebook, it, can, it can treat the diseases you get after you got laid, though. Of course. And Facebook <laughs> Actually, has... you can't do that either. It's only about health insurance. It's oh, not about care. Yeah, right. We're going to get into that again in a minute here. Okay. Facebook costs back. a lot less to make. It has 
over a billion active users, the Obamacare website can't handle 100,000 users. So the other night, Dr. Stu, our very own Dr. Stu, right here at Dr. Stu's podcast, is at the hockey game with a colleague, and they're having around a hot doctor talk where they sit around a couple of physicians. Hey, you want to get a burger? Yeah, you want to do some doctor talk? And they do doctor talk. What did it sound like well, when you were doing Well, here's what's going talk? on is that, you know, I don't have these stresses anymore in my life because I don't t- go to hospitals. I don't take insurance. But my poor friend Ron, who's uh, closing in on 70 years old, does have, uh, still has these issues. He's a, he's a great surgeon. And uh, he was telling me that, you know, he works at three or four, because he's an oncologist and freelance, he works at three, four, five, six different hospitals mm-hmm. helping different people. Well, hospitals now have rules that a patient that's had surgery or a patient that's in the hospital, and I don't know whether this comes directly from the hospital or if it's mandated by the insurance companies, which won't pay the hospital if a doctor doesn't see the patient, but the doctor needs to see the patient every 24 hours. Now, that doesn't sound unreasonable to most of the listeners. However, think about this. What if you have a woman who is at, say, 28 weeks pregnant with an incompetent cervix who's basically in the hospital, or say she has a placenta previa, and she's just in the hospital parked there for days and days and days and days, and nothing ever changes? Now, I have to, or Ron or somebody like him, has to drive over once a day to make what we used to call howdy rounds. We walk in the door, howdy, howdy. and put a note on the chart. Okay, and that was and it, and that satisfied the, the, pay the administrators patient. and well, the, but it, but it provided, added nothing to her care. All right, forgive me, the howdy was delivered to the patient or to the administrator? No, to the patient. Okay, all right, all right. right. But and it, if the but, patient said, oh, doctor, I'm so glad you're here, I've got this, and I got the pop pop, then you'd sit down, take off the cowboy hat, and have a conversation. Why? Two things. First of all, they've got nursing care 24 hours a day. They could tell the nurse these things, that the nurse can't deal with it, the nurse can call the doctor. The doctor can call the patient on the phone, but to physically have to go there for something that doesn't require an examination or or uh, your att- your immediate attention just because just to satisfy a mandatory policy and we're talking about thousands and thousands of new mandatory policies and procedures coming down the pike how does any physician going to want to deal with this stuff so your colleague the other night your colleague you and here talking he tells you he's now called he had not when you were uh, having uh, watching the game but he had to get in the car and go well what he does is when he doesn't have to be on that side of town he gets up at five in the morning to drive over he lives on the west side of la he drives five in the morning to drive over to cedars so that he can be traffic because he doesn't want to bother trying to drive over there in the middle of the day because another example he gave me is one day he got called at five o'clock from the west side to go over to a hospital to help with a surgery. So he got in his car and he got stuck in, in traffic going east, uh, going west to east in L.A. Yeah, it's a nightmare. And it took him two hours to go from the west side to Cedars. He got to Cedars, and by the time he got there, they told him, well, you know what, we ended up not needing you. What does that mean? So he drove all the well, way. Well, forgive o- me, what did that mean? We didn't need you what? So what, uh, you know, uh, 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 Dexter came in and did it? Or no, no, the ca- he, they, brought, they brought him Dexter. in just Who's in he, case. The TV doctor, because he's a specialist, they brought him in just in case. There was going to be a complication, okay, but it turned was, out there wasn't a complication. But he still has a lot of time invested in Yes, and you know what he gets for that? Randy, you guess. Squat. Zero Nothing. dollars? Right. Nothing. Zero dollars. That's squat. what it sounded like. Right. The hospital doesn't pay him. He can't bill an insurance company for a, what? Couple, a couple hundred bucks for, for what? And first of all, this woman didn't have insurance. No. I think she had Medi-Cal or maybe she, I don't know what she had. Well, I would say for what he reported, he reported to the location. He was ready to work. Yeah, but... 
that's not how it works in the in the free enterprise. You know, world. something interesting happened to me. You know, you know, we always talk about Doctor Sue, Doctor Stu, because it's Doctor Stu's podcast. I'll tell you about me real quick, right? I was contacted last year to do something on Skype by a guy I've worked with on the radio for a long time. It sent me, you know, a lot of calls. He's going to give me, you know, two hundred bucks or something. You know, a lot of calls. You know, this is how we're going to do it. You're going to get on. You're going to play the part of this guy. It was like for a, a, a reality show, a presentation for a reality show about dating, and they wanted a funny guy saying something funny about being dumped. And I think I told one of my real life stories and he paid me online 200 bucks and I went down there and I was ready and I had the camera and you know what they couldn't get it together and I sat in front of that camera for an hour and a half and they couldn't get it together and they couldn't get it together and they finally said Brian we're sorry we have so many technical difficulties uh, we're just going to let you go and you know what I did for the first time throughout my whole career I would have said you know what I don't want the 200 bucks I kept the 200 bucks you kept because I sat there for 90 minutes after taking 20 minutes to get there after three phone calls before about the bit we were going to do. They bought my time that day. Well, and doctor's time is important. Let, let's before I get into what this brings me to uh, the ultimate point of this whole topic for me. But let's check in. Yeah, Randy, how's it going? I mean, well, hold on a second. You're on page 36. I'm looking at a picture I, here. It I seems can't. to be very multicultural. It, there's is, an Asian person. There's a. It seems to it's be. It's all diverse, and it's still not making any sense. I really, I can't. Oh, oh no! Oh, hold oh, on. No. Uh, uh, he's down, boys. He's hold on. One hold on. Hold on one second, please. Doctor, Doc, do you have your cell phone? Uh, yes, yeah. I have it right here, Hello? Brian. Yeah. Uh huh. We're here in Valley Village, right? Randy Wang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does the loud podcast. He shot himself. He was trying to register for Obamacare. I don't know what happened. He got to page 37. There's an Asian kid leaning against a tree and a Sikh woman with an IV in her. They look like they got their Obamacare. He killed himself. You better get somebody over here. Plus, he's got to hit buttons. The show's over in like 10 minutes. I got Dr. Stu here. I don't know what the F's going on. Goodbye. Well, while you were doing that, Ryan, I, I called 911 and I got a busy signal, just so you know. Oh, you did? I got through. I just yelled at somebody. Did you hear me take control? <laughs> oh, you, that was 911 you yep. got a hold of? I didn't yep. realize that. Okay, so, so, uh, so your doctor friend gets zero compensation for that. That's uh, got to make you angry. Yeah, it does make me angry. And he's an older dude. That guy's 70 years old. He probably had to buy Celebrex it's, or something. It's the way doctors are and, and, and patients have been belittled by the system and put down as, as sort of... Uh, unnecessary, they're necessary evils. The system would love to have be able to function without the need for people actually providing the care. Because when you look at how Obamacare is planned, if you look at the, how Hillary Care was planned years ago, that's right. They, they never took into the account what the physicians were going to do and who's going to do the work. But they did. I remember those Senate. They did have physicians sitting there on Capitol Academ Hill. They had academic physicians who are in salary working at some um, major institution. Let me ask you a question. Let me simplify this for the audience listening. Oh, he's, that, he's walking over here. I'm this walking like, over. It's like Donnie. Well, it's like, imagine like a TV show. It's like Donahue style. When I walk to you, I I'm, I got a serious thing. Randy, he, Randy almost woke up from the floor on, the, on that. He, I, think I he's saw got, him twitch he, a little He's bit. bleeding out. Oh, right. hold on. Guys, he's right there. I think he shot himself. Where's the victim for Take him to Cedars. All right, he's right down there in the corner. It's Randy Wang. They're cutting his shirt off. Oh, I can't even look. Ooh, God, it gives me the creeps. Can you look at that even after yeah, well, all these I'm good, years? Yeah, well, I'm good with blood, so <laughs> it's fine. So, Dr. Stu, to make... Oh, he fell again. You guys dropped him. We didn't drop him. He tried to get up on his own two feet. You dropped him. That's a malpractice suit. Dr. Stu, there's a lot of confusion 
I got you laughing, though. Yeah, you do. I like that. That makes me my heart happy. Uh, a lot of confusion. It's more like wheezing, actually. A lot of, a lot of confusion. Is your heart okay? Your lungs yeah, are okay. A lot of confusion about healthcare in America. And you have just articulated in just this short time a ton of these problems. Randy actually shot himself trying to get Obamacare. <laughs> if you had a magic wand with all your decades. Oh, here we go again. No, no, really. If you had a magic wand, what would you do? I'd give you a week. We'd start it. You know when we'd start it? January 2nd. I'd give you all through the holidays to plan it and all of that. January 2nd, which I think is a Thursday this year, next year, we start it. Medicine in America would very briefly work, outline it very briefly, how. Okay. Well, first And I mean this seriously. And make the answer digestible for people who are lay people I'll like me. I'll do my me. best. Okay. First of all... I wouldn't be egomaniacal enough to believe that I can take over one-sixth of the economy with a government that can't barely run the post office. I just think it's, it's insane to take something as personal as the doctor-patient relationship and uh, institutionalize it. it. It can't be done. So, you know, are there people that don't have health insurance? Yes. Was there anybody in America, and people have probably heard these slogans before, was there anybody in America who didn't have access to health care? No. Everybody in America has access to health care. And it ended up being a burden on emergency rooms, and I understand that. But I can tell you it's going to be the same thing now because people are going to still have a hard time getting in to see anybody. They're going to have a hard time getting an appointment. There's going to be delays. There's going to be, you know, forgive me for saying this, there's going to be death panels. Uh, there will be people who will decide above and beyond you or your doctor what's best for you. Now, what would I have done instead of this whole thing? Well, there are several small things. I would have done it in small increments. I would have looked at... How can we get more people insured? How can we lower the cost of health insurance? One, get rid of a uh, uh, state line, and, uh, make competition go again across state lines. Mm -hmm. If I can buy a computer from Kentucky, why can't I buy health insurance from mm -hmm. Kentucky? Get rid of that barrier. Mm -hmm. Number two, probably number one, would be tort reform for everybody involved in the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about malice. I'm not talking about people that do things that are completely negligent. But most of the time, things people get sued for and, a, and the huge cost of defensive medicine occur because of the fear of, of litigation. All these policies that I'm talking to you about, putting a so-and-so in triage first because you know, is all because hospitals realize, their risk managers realize that if we do everything the same way, we can't be accused of making a mistake. So getting rid of uh, the, the tort system as it stands right now, having maybe panels, whatever, that's one thing. In insurance across state lines, do not healthcare was doomed in this country when we allowed third part third parties to get in between doctors and patients. Mm. Doctors and patients, let it go back to the free market. Let insurance cover catastrophes. Let everything else be paid for out of pocket. People will shop. Doctors' prices will come down. This is how it works. It worked with cell phones. When I when I, the iPhone gets too expensive, people go buy the Samsung. It 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 works in every aspect of things. And you'll get more time and better communication because one of the things that I've seen suffer so badly is the fact that people go to doctors, uh, consultants, and they are so rushed for time, they are so rushed for paperwork, they are so impersonal that there's very little eye contact. We've known Randy's story about his nose. There's very little eye contact. There's very little bedside manner. They, they don't give people explanations. 
I, I, you know, I love the way I practice because I'm not under that rush. I don't make a lot of money, but I spend a lot of time with people. I give people a half an hour to an hour for every visit they come in for. And I may be talking about physiology and I'm drawing diagrams about, you know, ovaries and how ovulation occurs and stuff. Like that. But other people go in and they, they, they've got rectal bleeding and they go in and the doctor says, okay, next week we're going to do a colonoscopy. That's it. They don't even know, well, what's, what, what causes rectal bleeding? Could it, could it be, um, do I have cancer? You know, well, we, we have to look. The and doctors assure like, people. So. Doctors like an automaton. Right. And I'm, and I, you know, automaton. It's a question you asked me that I can't give a short answer to. I think it's a great answer. But I think you can't have a mega, uh, uh, a monolithic thing running something so personal. It, it, it's not something that, that is reasonable, but it is the, it is the, uh, how do they, how do they say it? The um, oh the golden uh, it's the golden egg of liberalism is oh, to is that what we call it? is to mandate to manage healthcare yeah. to run healthcare and you know what every other country that has socialized medicine is backing away from it. Let's talk. Uh, in oh, wait, the, wait 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 before you because this is your thing because I know and even you are upset with what's going been going on with I'm, the rollout. I'm outraged. Like I'm out. It's embarrassing and pathetic. But but countries and now like for England, Randy to have died as a result of this. Countries like England and Canada are backing off of their of their system, understanding that it's not working. And people are upset. People are, are to, use, to use the word, they're revolting. Yeah. They're and, not happy. Right. And they're, and they're, you know, it's not that they're ugly. It's just that they're revolting. Right. They are revolting. Right. Uh, I need to ask you before we go in the final moments we have, something I wanted to ask you last podcast, didn't have time for it. But when we talk about sort of how the, how the, the physician is being sort of demeaned or belittled, who is this? I know we're going back a couple of years, but this is something everybody listening to Dr. Stu's podcast, man, woman, pregnant, first time, second time, never been pregnant, never will be pregnant. You're a dude. You're a lady who can't get pregnant. Doesn't matter. Everybody's had an encounter with the physician's assistant. From where did this planet come? What planet did this person come from? Who is the PA? Who is the physician's assistant now who can come in and do just about Everything the doctor can do, but, oh, I'm not a doctor, but I can prescribe you that drug and I can tell you what to do, but I'm not the doctor. Well, how come I'm not seeing the doctor? Why am I seeing the physician's assistant? And quite frankly, with all due respect to you, Dr. Stu, why do I need to see you if this physician's assistant is the bee's knees? You don't. You don't. And in many cases, you weren't expecting that answer. I wasn't. In, in many cases, you don't have to see a physician. And in many cases, a physician assistant or a nurse practitioner is, is, far, is a far better choice, far more economical choice, and, and should be used in a healthcare system that's well integrated, to bring to, like midwives are, that people are, that are not that sick or low risk should be screened by these people. They're very well trained in what they do. And as a matter of fact, the bedside manner of these people and is sometimes a lot better than the, than the so-called well-trained physician or the well-credentialed physician. And I'm telling you that having a good relationship with your care provider, whether, I hate to use that word, I, I gotta take it back, your care practitioner, we don't use the word provider on the Dr. Stu podcast. Right, it's, it's a dirty word. Right, but having a good relationship with your care practitioner is, it goes a long way to maintaining good health. And if you have a, the most brilliant uh, internist from Harvard and, and uh, Sloan Kettering and all these things, but doesn't that person has no bedside manner? Who would you rather be seen by? The, I'd rather be seen by a PA who has, uh, who knows his or her limitations. Me too. Knows who, what her scope of practice is and can say, "Listen, I can take care of this," or "No, this is beyond my scope of practice. Yeah. You need to go see somebody else." But for the, on the on the front lines, they're great, 
And doctors fear that. I mean, not, not, doctors like me don't, but academic medicine, the industrial medical complex fears that because you know that when they're fighting like home birthing, when they're fighting the less than 1% of us who are supportive of that reasonable option and they go all out on that, they don't want anybody messing with their turf. Mm, that's amazing. Unbelievable. I'm glad I asked you about physician's assistance. Well, that's it for Dr. Stu's podcast. When we come back next week, Randy Wang has been taken to, I believe, St. Joe's Medical Center in Burbank uh, after he shot himself trying to register for Obamacare. Uh, so next week, hopefully he'll be back or maybe not. I, My gosh, I... I I'm yeah, just, I, I have faith. You know, they'll probably be seen by the physician's assistants in the emergency room, and he'll do just fine. Okay, I'm emotional. <laughs> I am. A, have you seen me like this ever? Uh, uh, yeah, actually, I oh, have. Oh, have. Yeah, I have. Okay, I'm emotional. I, I hope he's all right. He's a good kid. Uh, I, yeah. I, I love that kid. Yeah, uh, we, uh, lo- we uh, love Randy. And Randy, I can guarantee you Randy will be back. Right. Uh, I, I hope so, because he it, shot himself. It was only a flesh wound. Oh, all right. Were you able to deduce that from across the room? <laughs> yes. Well, you're a doctor. Yeah, the fact that he was laughing on the floor was, uh, was, was a, a dead giveaway. All right. That's Dr. Stuart right, Fishbein. Thanks for joining us on Dr. Stu's podcast. If you have a question, ask Stu at gmail.com. Go to the website, Dr. Stu's podcast, and check out the YouTube blogs and, and read the blogs. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the feed, give the man five stars, and write a nice review. Thanks for joining us. For Dr. Stuart Fishbein, I'm Brian Whitman. This is Dr. Stu's Podcast.